This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed. Hey, everybody. It's Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson, Tom Reed. We are in Mobile, Alabama, site of the Senior Bowl. Uh, we've been here a few days. Sometimes it feels like just a couple days. Sometimes it feels like 10 days. Um, chasing some stories, watching some prospects. The Browns head coach is not here. Uh, as you probably know, if you've been following along, the Browns do not have a general manager as of this moment. We understand that today uh, George Payton from the Vikings was in Cleveland for his second interview. Nothing done as we record this. I don't know uh, how that goes, but um, you know the Super Bowl is set. This is the last week of January by the time you listen to this. So um, we'll see. The Browns were patient, Tom. I guess they were willing to do this. They have a way they're going to do things, and uh, as we've been through this so many times before, um, I guess if you're a fan, you just trust that this way is is finally the way that's going to change um, this decade cycle of suck. I don't think there's a to, to borrow my friend Aaron Portsline's phrase. I don't think there's a real reservoir of trust <laughs> right now with the Browns Nation. Um, but I mean, again, all you can do is wait and see if, if, if this works out. And uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be very interesting. Um, you know, if, if it is George Payton, it'll, it, you know, the fact that at least the, there will be some kind of this won't be a shotgun marriage. Uh, the coach right. will, will know the general manager, and I think do think that helps a little bit. Uh, yeah. And again, he was part of this search committee, so if they bring him in there. There will be uh, at least uh, a comfort level of, of having worked in the same organization, and we've seen that with the Bills. The Bills did, kind of did the same thing. They brought they went the Carolina route with a coach and the general manager. So, uh, and that obviously has been an issue with this organization for years of not bringing guys in together. Of course, then again, John Dorsey handpicked Freddie, and we saw how that happened. But for the most, it was part, a fireable offense. <laughs> yeah, it was a fireable offense. <laughs> But for the most part, it's been a, a string of arranged marriages under Jimmy Haslam. So, you know, we'll see if this time bringing two guys in with uh, similar backgrounds and similar work histories pays off. No, everything you say makes sense. And, you know, George Payton was probably always on this list 13 years with the Vikings. That's exactly how long Stefanski was with the Vikings. So um, if that magical alignment is the goal, publicly we've been told that that's what it is then that does make a lot of sense. Talking to people here down at the Senior Bowl, um, George Payton has a good reputation among evaluators. A couple of different people basically told me um, they were surprised to see his name in the mix because they thought that his reputation was good enough that he has been up for jobs before, and he didn't want them because it wasn't the right situation. They said if this does work, um, they would read that as a good thing because he would trust that everything is in line and do that. So we'll talk more about that. If and when that happens, we'll have a podcast. We'll have full coverage. Uh, I want to stick in the here and now with what we know. Um, you know, the Browns are building the staff. They don't have Joe Woods on board for another couple of weeks because he's coaching in the uh, Super Bowl, a pretty big game you may have heard of. But he will be the defensive coordinator. Uh, Chad O'Shea is on board. Uh, as a receivers coach and passing game coordinator, Stump Mitchell stays. And I uh, certainly want to talk about the run game uh, as we go along. Um, keeping him makes sense. And thinking that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will be a strength of this team 
is it makes a lot of sense. Special teams coach as well. Special teams coach Mike Prefer. Um, you could always connect the dots on that one, not just because as other teams were changing special teams coaches, his name didn't come up, sure. but he was with the Vikings for a long Absolutely. time, so he knows Kevin Stefanski. I thought the special teams were much improved. Oh, yes. Now let's be honest, after Amos Jones, they, <laughs> there was nowhere to go. But up everywhere but the return game, though, the Browns, I think, made great progress yeah, on did. special teams. Yeah. And then the name everybody knows, Bill Callahan. And um, this is a guy that was not associated with the Vikings, but – Longtime coach, well-respected coach, former head coach coming on to help. And so, again, guys, we don't know how any of this will work. <laughs> and We've seen it certainly go all up in flames. But as you sit here in January and look, it's your first time head coach getting a guy with Bill Callahan's resume. It can't be construed at this moment as anything other than a positive. No, I like it. And, uh, you know, you I think you were kind of poking around yesterday that they're going to run the, the, the zone blocking scheme. Uh, which is a little will be a little bit different, and there there are different variations of it. But I, I mean, you can't not help but look back and remember, you know, uh, when Cal uh, Shanahan was here and the success they had. That to me, that was like one of the best offenses they had, at least through eleven games. Or actually, when 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 Alex Mack broke his leg, everything went to shit. Yeah, it's when it started again. Uh, but 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 for the most part, I mean, that was a zone-blocking scheme that worked very well. It would be interesting because the running backs will have to ad- adapt to it well uh, as well. And let's be honest, Zach, that is the strength of this team right now. Uh, those two guys last year, I thought, you know, Nick Chubb, which just goes without saying, but I thought both of those guys came in there and, and played really well, so – uh, we'll see. They'll, they'll, they'll have to be a little bit of uh, adopting to that kind of style. Uh, and the, less, the other thing is there's good, we, we would suspect there's going to be a lot of different uh, people on the offensive line this year, Yeah, at least two. Well, when you look at this, you look at the Vikings. Um, they've been a fullback team. The Browns didn't have a fullback on the mm-hmm. roster. Um, I don't have the exact percentage in front of me, but I read that they played more two tight end sets than any other team in the league. That made a lot of sense. They have Kyle Rudolph. A guy who's not um, dynamic like the guys you'll see in the Super Bowl, but has been a good tight end for a yes, long time, sure. reliable player. Uh, on at least his second contract in Minnesota, maybe third, they had a rookie in Irv Smith Jr. who played a lot. Um, when you look at this team, you know, Jarvis Landry's going to be one receiver. Odell Beckham's probably going to be the other. The two running backs, you feed them the ball, you play them together, you mix them up, you use the fullback. I mean, what we know about Kevin Stefanski, who has not coached a single practice for the Browns and won't want for months, this is his offense. Two tight ends, pretty buttoned up. And we heard him say in his initial press conference, we want to make them think the run is coming and pass. And we want to spread them out and make them think the pass is coming, beat them with the run. But just all signs point to let's be efficient. Let's play to our strengths. Yeah. And right now, that's running the ball. Yeah, and, and, and not to – belabor the point but we've seen a little bit of a comeback haven't we in the playoffs this year yeah. with, with the success of the titans i think not just the playoffs but i think absolutely yeah, yeah, right the titans yeah the, the titans are a good example and and san francisco as the browns remember getting uh getting really run over in that game so we'll see i i, I think that that again there's nothing wrong with playing to your strength and there were times this year and not to speak ill of the dead, but boy, Freddie, he has this great running back, and just so many times, just wanting to throw the ball so much, so often. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think Kevin Stefanski will try to play to the strengths. 
And, of course, they're probably going to have to go out beyond getting tackles, uh, a tight end. It'll be interesting to see where they go. David Njoku, I think, had the, the, the previous group stayed. He was gone. I still think that they mm. may be drafting a tight end. I don't know how you feel about this, but yeah. that's a uh, uh, that's a position that they that that uh, Minnesota has made great use of, and they're going to probably want someone who's pretty reliable. So to not speak ill of the dead, as she said, I talked to a couple people here this week. One of whom said, "I've known Freddie for a long time." Another room said, uh, "You know, I have such and such a mutual friend with Freddie. I was with him, or you know, cross paths with him." And the way both kind of followed that up was a morbid curiosity of how it would go with him being a head coach. (laughs) And it went worse than than anyone anticipated. Um, The Browns have moved on. Um, Obviously, you know, we talked about the GM spot not being filled as we sit here and record this podcast. But, yeah, um, it was pretty clear if that coaching staff was coming back that Njoku was out. Now, he still could be traded um, his situation is he has one year left on his rookie deal. He would not be in line for the fifth-year option because that's worth a lot of money, and he has not been worth a darn, quite frankly. Well, and, and let's be honest. I mean, it was a lost season for him. He yeah. played a game and a half, then came back and played one game, then was a healthy scratch there for a couple weeks. Really, I mean, really didn't play last year. Yeah. I mean, and this is a guy, to, to borrow the NBA draft term, that was two years away from being two years away when he was drafted. Um, they gave up the, – the old analytics regime gave up their precious draft picks to get back in the first round and get him. Right. Um, he looks the part. He runs and jumps, and he doesn't catch the football. <laughs> Not enough, probably. Against Cincinnati, he was really good. The two games against Cincinnati. So, um, as you look at, at, at a tight end needy team, the Bears come to mind, potentially the Bucks if they move on from O.J. Howard. Um, you know, they could get something for David Njoku, you would think. Um, you know, you would think they would want a more blocking tight end. Now, here, here and now in the draft and in Mobile, this is not a great tight end class. And the Browns don't have to make the move. Um, Njoku in a free agent year should be motivated to, to be yeah. his best self yet. Demetrius Harris under contract one more year. Ricky Seals-Jones restricted free agent, I believe. If they want him back, they can have him back. Steven Carlson, the rookie they tried to develop last year and who played really some significant snaps. Touched a great touchdown against yeah, Pittsburgh. Right, right. And that was when Njoku was out and then, you know, the first time rather than being right. benched. So, um Yes, the Browns are going to add a tight end. Is it going to be spending money on Austin Hooper or saying a prayer with Eric Ebron? Probably, probably not. Um, you know, is it maybe moving to Joku for a latish pick that you draft a developmental guy on? We'll see. Um, but you're looking for a fullback too, which is not easy to do, specifically here. Colleges don't use fullbacks. Yeah. The two guys playing fullback. Um this week in the Senior Bowl are college tight ends who have never really played fullback. <laughs> it is an, it is an amazing sport, isn't it? I mean, I, we, Zach and I were talking about this earlier and how the game has changed over the last 10 to 15 years uh, as far as just the spread offense and how it has literally changed the game of football. And, and one of the things I love, Zach, the way the NFL finally, finally is starting to go is like, after 10 years of just ruining quarterbacks' careers because they're like, we're going to move you from a spread offense, which you've played since you were in fourth grade, and we're going to put you and play in the NFL, and this is the way it's going to be. And finally, I think we're starting to get back to like, you know, the college game isn't bad. It's it's taken some of these coaches to say, 
All right, I'm going to go back and learn some of these college concepts and we can bring them in to what we're doing and see if it happens. And again, some of the other, like as you just mentioned, there are so many positions that the spread offense affects the style of tackles, the way the tackles, offensive tackles play, right? right? right. They're just mirroring guys. There's, there's really not a lot of physicality there. And the fullbacks, the position is non-existent. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if they can find somebody. And they should be able to find somebody. I mean, uh, it, it, it'll be fun. And I think our, our friend Tony Grossi will be happy. <laughs> Tony has been lobbying for a for a fullback for 10 years. And he, he will be happy. Who was the last? They had a really good fullback here. Terrell Smith, is that who you're talking no, about? No, no. Um, Lawrence Vickers. There you go. Yeah. Lawrence Vickers yeah. was like a decent fullback. And it's been a while since they've had a, a, a regular fullback. So last year they opened camp with Orson Charles as the fullback. Um, he's a guy that played tight end, H-back, fullback. They cut him and brought in a guy named Joe Carriage. And here's the problem. Joe Carriage immediately suffered a concussion that ended his season. Because yeah. not only do you guys not do it, but you're asking them to pound their heads in for a living. And so you, you can't just go get one. You have to go get two. Because you can't build your offense around 40% of the time we're going to play a fullback. And now Thursday comes and you don't have a fullback. And, and the best and, – and let's let's, let's – Well, I shouldn't say you can't because we've been covering the Browns for 20 years. <laughs> but realistically, you should not. And, and, and the best fullback in the NFL grew up like right down the street, right? And he's going to be playing in the Super Bowl. This weekend, right? Kyle check. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was interviewing um, one of the fullback, the tight end slash fullbacks today, and I said, hey, I noticed in the one drill that you were a fullback. Is that new? And he said, yeah. He said, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty hard. A lot of it is is the same as I've always – you play football, you block the guy in front of you, you carry out your assignment, he said, but just the whole alignment and everything is different. And so then I said, well, you know, not everybody's using one, but – if you can do this, you're valuable to the teams that do. And his his face lit up. And the first thing he said to me was, that guy from the Niners, he's really good. And he didn't know how to pronounce his name, but he said he's a really good. And he's really been well paid. We were talking about this earlier. He's like get double than yeah, like what, the next, check. Yeah. what the next fullback has in the league. And, yeah. and let's be honest, he's been really good for a long time. Yeah. in Baltimore prior to this. And it is, it is just wild. We've been down here for a couple of days. They had media day the other day. And this goes back to our conversation earlier about just the evolution of the game. And some of these quarterbacks that are coming in here, this is the first time they've ever been under center. The kid from Washington State has never taken a snap under center in high school and college. That That is the most – I'm 50, 55 years old, and that was the most elemental play it's it's New England Patriots fucking helmet. <laughs> it's it's the guy taking the snap under center, right? Right, the old helmet. And these kids are down here learning to take snaps, and it just blows my mind what, the way the game has changed. And you forgot a part of that, being in a huddle. Yeah, yeah, having command a, yeah. a huddle and and, and tell a place and not look over and see Goofy and all the different signs. A lot of these quarterbacks. Have have run the same spread offense from sixth or seventh grade, which means signaled in, never huddling, always in the shotgun every play, regardless of the formation, and you go. So it's and let's different. go back to our let's not speak ill of the dead. Ray <laughs> Farmer, one of his best stories he ever told was he went to go watch his son play. His son, I think, was in like fifth grade. Did he text the coach during the game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. 
That's a real cheap shot. Um, <laughs> anyway, he was saying that the kids are out there. Nobody knows what the hell's going on, but they're they're, they're running a spread offense. Yeah. No one knows what's going Sounds on, but right. they're out there running a spread offense. And this is this is the way kids grow up now. They, they, they play in the spread offense. And, I, again, I applaud the NFL for finally, finally, like saying, okay, we're going to start taking some of these college concepts and using them in the NFL because let's face it, other than the fact the college game is way too damn long, it's a great game. It's it's so entertaining. It's high scoring. That's what we want. Well, you bring a, this conversation brings me to another point. We we can talk about fullback and tight end for the Browns, and those are down the line, right? Whether it's March or April, by that I mean pro free agency or the draft is probably both, right? Um, when you look at the draft, it obviously probably starts with offensive tackle. Because as we sit here and talk Tackle. about it, the Browns need two of them. Tackle. And we did talk about Bill Callahan bringing the zone blocking scheme. That means you probably need a little bit more of an athletic tackle that can ideally get to the second level and get to people. I'm not going to go there right now. But, however, when you talk the college spread and you look at the reality, Lamar Jackson is going to be the Ravens quarterback for a long time. And they have basically taken a military academy offense and juiced it up with some college spread concepts and a little bit of traditional NFL concept. They're coming at you. Folks, the Browns suck at linebacker. <laughs> and they got to tackle Lamar Jackson for the next however many years. So this is another position that we're not only watching here, but potentially could be where the Browns go in the first round. And if they don't, might have to go there in the second round. Without question. And, and we saw, again, and it, it, it's about running the football, right? As so many teams now, we, we look at uh, a guy like Joe Schobert, who we I think we both like and respect. The thing that there's a lot of like guys in the NFL now, they're looking for Joe Schobert-type linebackers that can cover. What's happened when you see a team like Tennessee, when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson and Baltimore's running game with Mark Ingram, teams aren't equipped to play that way anymore, right? Everything's moved. It's going to be yeah. finesse. Everything's played in space. Right. And a couple of these teams in San Francisco is also in that group. They're, they're just going to come right at you. And, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams adjust defensively. And you're going to – I think you're, you're going to have to have more and more versatile versatile players. Um, we were, I'm down here talking to people about, you know, about nickelbacks. And the, the interesting thing is these guys have to do everything. Yeah, yeah they've got to be able to, to play in a phone booth and be really quick. But you know what? They got Derrick Henry. They're lining up on the line, and Derrick Henry could be coming at them. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It's, it's amazing the the demands and the stress some of these offenses are putting on defenses. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, obviously, you guys are listening to this. You watch the Browns. Joe Schobert's an imperfect player, right? Um, but he's a pretty athletic player. Yeah. He's a space player. I mean, he's two hundred twenty-five pounds playing middle linebacker, but he plays every down. Because he plays base defense, he plays nickel defense, he plays dime defense, and he lines them all up. So whether you let him walk or not, whether you think Matt Wilson is just going to be an okay player or has a chance to be a great player down the road, he's 21, 22 years old. He's not there yet. Christian Kirksey, two straight years to IR, um, doesn't have guarantees but has a lot of money. He's probably not going to be on this You're roster. Sione Takitaki was a spectator last year. The yeah. Browns need help yes. at linebacker. And when you talk about the media day event here, um, I went to several linebackers, one of them being Malik Harrison, uh, who is a Columbus kid, an Ohio State Buckeye, and I think is a darn good player. The other ones I didn't know um, 
like I knew at least of Malik. I just knew their names from watching them on TV and watching them on the Senior Bowl roster. And Tom, the first thing that all of these guys said to me, is, or or to others, when the conversation was, "Hey, what do you want to do here this week? What do you want to prove?" It was all about playing coverage. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's right. how today's linebackers get paid. Yeah. But the fact is, in the AFC North, Steelers are drafting a running back. Yeah. Right? Joe Mixon's just as good as Nick Chubb if the Bengals can ever fix that offensive line. Yeah. And, again, Lamar Jackson is not going anywhere for a long time. No, you're absolutely right. And it, it is funny. You, that has been the identity for so long anyway, right, of this North, of AFC North. The bus, you know, Baltimore has yeah. had some really good running attacks over the year. Uh, Cincinnati has had their, their day. I mean, it's just the, it's the style of the division. And it'll be interesting to see if, if Kevin Stefanski is going to kind of mold his team. And it sounds like he might be with the two tight ends and wanting to run the football, that this is going to be uh, going back to kind of a slug it out division. Of course, Joe Burrows is going to, we'll see where Joe Burrows comes. That's going to be really exciting to watch his development. Well, put year. it this way this year, the Browns didn't play the Bengals until December in the season. And unless was Cincinnati well trades down. Yeah. Well, they didn't play the Bengals until December and the season was well over for the Bengals. And a yeah. big part of that was their offensive line failed. Yeah. But say you play them next year in week two or three, and the number one pick in the draft is going to get a Thursday night game, guys. That's how this works. Yeah. They're going to run the ball a lot while the rookie quarterback gets comfortable. And they didn't have to tear their entire team down to get the number one. Pick. Yeah, weird. They, they still have a couple of wide receivers. <laughs> They've got a, a couple of really good defensive linemen. Yeah. And yet they still were able to get the number one without, like. Right. So go ahead and celebrate the Bill Callahan signing. That's great. But but understand that um, a step for the Browns was going from fourth place to third. And the fourth place team is getting Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, if the one thing with the Browns, you, you do hope, and we'll see, that some of these guys are a little bit humbled by what happened last season. We'll see if that's the case. Yeah. I, I And, Zach, you and I have talked about this even on, on air. It was like when we were picking them to go 9-7, and seven, we were like, oh, my goodness, 9-7. and seven. And uh, I, th- I think that maybe the Browns will benefit from – I think they will benefit from the fact that there's not going to be a lot of hype around this team next year. I really don't think that there will be. I mean, the fact yeah. that if assuming Odell Beckham is still here, there naturally will be some, but it's not going to be like last year. I don't think they're going to have the targets on their back as they did. Everyone's going to be interested in Lamar Jackson, what he's going to do next season. A lot of people are going to be interested in Joe Burrows. Obviously, what a great story from right down the road in Athens. And Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, is yeah, returning. No back. more, no more duck. No more. Right. No more. I can't even remember the other guy's name. Got hit in the head with the helmet. Will be. Will Ben be two twenty five or will he be two eighty five? Yeah, I'm not even. Yeah, but it's going to well, be a different quarterback. I remember when he was stiff arming Browns linebackers that are old enough now to be the fathers of the guys coming in the draft who right. are going to be starting for the Browns next uh, year. And I don't think again, I don't think that's a bad thing for the Browns. It, it's and no, I, no. Listen, Tom. I mean, you're looking at a team that couldn't get lined up in Week 13. So if Kevin Stefanski can just simplify things, and there's talent there, we've both right, agreed, and there make is things there. more efficient, then maybe they're positioned for a leap. But also, this offensive line needs a big upgrade. Yeah. And when you talk about Odell, and I don't want to spend this podcast because we'll we'll talk about this later, um, guys. I don't think his trade value is much at all. The injury, the baggage. He's coming off a shit year, and he makes a ton of money, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to look 
Stefanski and Peyton or whomever it's going to be, you know, they have to set this culture. They have to set this direction, and they have to get their own guys. And so when you talk about Beckham and when you talk about Njoku, you know, when you talk about the signing of Schobert and Randall, like a year ago we thought this core here was like 12, 14 guys. Yeah. Right? It's Well, right now you're changing coaches and you're changing general managers. Your quarterback just had an embarrassingly bad year. Mm-hmm. Your big free, your big trade pieces were Olivier Vernon, who might get cut, and Odell Beckham, whose future is uncertain. Yeah. So now this core is like six or seven guys, Yeah, most of whom are on the verge of big money, which there's always a risk because of the injury risk in this game. Yeah. You know, Miles Garrett is due, and we know his situation, is due huge money at any time, and Nick Chubb's a year away from it. So there's a lot of moving pieces here. And when it comes to Odell, you know, you're not going to get good value. But if they determine it's right to move on and cut the shit, then you take your third round pick mm-hmm. and you move on. I'm not I'm not taking a side right now. I'm just right. saying the, these are decisions that have to be made. And th- this is my concern. Guys, I'm not going to throw a fit about the Browns not having a GM here at the Senior Bowl. But also when I watch Bill Belichick on the sideline. When I watch Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert on the sideline, when John Lynch, whose team is playing in the Super Bowl next week, is here watching the D-line drills up close, don't tell me that it doesn't matter that you're not here. This game matters. You see things. You see these guys in a football uniform. And if you have questions about things you've heard or things that they need to address character-wise or something else because you're giving them millions and millions of dollars to help you win games, and that's the name of the game, not hire line coaches with recognizable names, but win games, yeah. then then it matters that you're not here. Yeah, and we, you know, we, we talked with Brandon Bean yesterday, the, uh, the Bills GM, and unlike the, uh, unlike the combine where everything's very regimented, you guys get 15 minutes and you're done, it's like speed dating, you know, this is a little bit more laid back with the players. These guys, again, they're seniors. Uh, that's senior bowl. Zach hit me on that one the other day. I'm like, where are this guy? Oh, he's an <laughs> underclassman. I've only been here three times, folks. So I, I'm a slow, I'm a slow learner on that part of it. But but Bean's point was that you really get a chance to know some of these guys down here. And that that is one of the things we're not having maybe your your guys in charge of getting to meet guys that are usually second day draft picks a lot of these guys right but again that's a big part of your team well by the time deep this is untrained down you might be making six picks in the mm. second and third round mm. yeah but anyway the point being is that, that <laughs> one of the things that brandon bean likes about this is that that you do get a chance to spend more time with these guys and get a little bit of understanding because that's always one of the big Absolutely. things about this and not just again speaking a little of dead i guess that's our our thing here but justin gilbert when you talk to coaches oh, on that team, they just had no idea. They saw the highlights, they saw the tapes, and the tapes looked great. And when they finally got to meet him, they're like, "Oh my goodness, what are we going to do here?" <laughs> and, and again, this is this is where the first step is is in, in places is like this. Stuff that's gone on for years and years and years, Tom. Uh, there's just no running from. Okay, so we're going to wrap up here. Uh, we will talk a little senior bowl. So, you know, Tom came here with a couple specific stories in mind, and and the chance to talk to a lot of NFL people. I came here with one or two specific stories in mind and the chance to familiarize myself more with, with the offensive tackles, with the linebackers, maybe with the safeties, the guys that are going to be drafted. Maybe. Fullbacks, yeah, even though there really aren't any. Um, and just kind of talk to people, just kind of get the vibe. So we're not going to sit here and break down. Um, you guys know the athletic. You know Dane Brugler does great work. 
Um, you know, we're probably 10 or 12 of our cohorts from other teams are here too. So Tom, you, you've been here, but not for a few years. Just kind of tell, you know, everybody, maybe something that sticks with you, an impression here from two days of practice and mingling or something, you know, just that, that kind of sticks out from why you thought coming here would be a good idea and something that eventually our readers will, will enjoy. Well, I think the, the, the big thing is, uh, in talking with people, and, and again, we were just got done talking about Lamar Jackson, and we've seen guys uh, like Patrick Mahomes. We've even seen a guy like a Josh Allen, who have, like ten years ago said, "No way, we're not, we're not touching that." Right. And you know, again, the, the NFL I think is finally ready to embrace these guys. And Zach, we talked about this I think this morning or yesterday. You look at the NFL playoffs this year. And we always think you got to have the number one pick, or you got to have number one or number two pick to get quarterbacks. Look at the guys that are in the playoffs this year, who are, who are the quarterbacks of these teams. They aren't those players. They, they, yeah. they really, they were not really many that were drafted really high, top three or four picks. And it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be fun to see as we start to embrace these type of dual threat quarterbacks, where these guys are going to go, and, and what are teams going to be. And let's be honest, if, 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 you know, Baker Mayfield has another ordinary season next year, you might be down here next year <laughs> looking at quarterbacks. Uh, well, my counter to that would be, Tom, that obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is a product of great scouting by two organizations, smart organizations, right. that did their homework and believed in him right. on different levels. The other guy might be more the product of nine dumb organizations who pass on. <laughs> he might be the most gifted quarterback who ever lived. Right, well, yeah. And we're talking about his third year here. I know that's premature, but watch him throw. Who was he drafted by? Who, who drafted him? <laughs> um, j- technically, John Dorsey. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a freak show, freak show in Pat Mahomes. Oh, so, tremendous. Um, you know, guys, Mobile, Alabama is a small place. And, you know, you come in here on small planes and they run out of rental cars and everybody kind of has to cram in together. You know, the, the good hotels go quickly and the good restaurants fill up quickly. Um, the the elite, the NFL elites have to mingle with the plebes here this week. And that's kind of my favorite thing um, is it's grown from a media standpoint. The teams do formal availabilities. Obviously, with the Browns not having a coach or GM here, we don't have that this year. Every year it seems like we meet the new coach here otherwise. But, you know, you see everybody. I mean, one team told me they have two coaches here. Their special teams coach and assistant special teams coach are here to see the guys. Other than that, they have 23 scouts. Wow. Or or execs, whatever. So um, the agents are here, so they're they're doing business, legal and illegal. Um, and, but you, you can't put a price to me, Tom, as you mentioned. Brandon, me talking about the unlimited interview time on just getting ahead on that work. And you, this is the only time you see them in a football setting, in a football uniform. You can Pads look, yes, you can look at the measurements on paper all you want, and you can have accurate measurements which you got on the stage on Tuesday. But you see them go through an NFL football practice, and people are rolling their eyes here because Matt Patricia of the Lions is running a Lions practice where they stretch for a long time and kick field goals, and people are like, "Damn it, can we see some action?" And I get it, but this is a football environment, and the Lions and Bengals staffs know. Who shows up for meetings on time? Who gets enthusiastic as hell about being the first guy on the practice field? And who takes coaching? Because every guy fails here. They just met each other. They don't know the system. They don't know the coaches. But who is better on Wednesday and Thursday? Because they took coaching. Because they love the game. So there's value to that. 
It goes back. It goes back to our Justin Gilbert story, right? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it really does. And one of the things that when you talk to coaches, one of the biggest unknowns when they walk when they turn on film is how much. And this sounds like to the average fan, they're saying, "What are you talking about? How much do these guys love the game? How much do they love the game? Do they love the game, or do they love what the game does for them?" And this is where it gets hard, right? When you these guys that were so good in high school that are usually really good in college, but it's that next step where, like, are you going to really yeah. work for it? And this is a place where you start to find find those things out. Well, the next step, um, guys, that's the thing for the next step for the Browns. Is it just getting to eight wins? Is it passing mm. the Ravens or the Steelers? Or is there enough talent in here that a little bit of coaching and a little bit of discipline can really get you playing with the big boys? Um, we'll see. You know, I'm not going to go that far until I see some personnel questions answered. And until I just have more trust in the organization. But we'll see. I, I read Twitter and I sense optimism season is starting. We'll see. We've had a lot of fun here at the Senior Bowl. We appreciate you guys reading, listening, tweeting, all that you do. So uh, for Tom, I'm Zach. This has been Civilized Barking. And we will have another podcast when the Browns hire a GM. That might be tomorrow. <laughs> It might be a week from now. An emergency podcast. An emergency podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you maybe soon.